Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to CBS's upcoming Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. I'm Teresa Giacino. And I'm Rebecca Johnson. In this episode, we're going to discuss the episode of Superman, the animated series called Unity. Now, Unity, which is uh, season three, episode 10, uh, is the 51st episode of Superman, the animated series, and it first aired on May 15th, 1999. It's a really interesting episode, um, and there's a lot of stuff to it, particularly where the Kent family is concerned. What did you think about, you know, Kara's interaction with Martha and Jonathan Kent? I, I kept laughing throughout the whole episode because it always seemed like the Kents could give away secret identities if they weren't careful. And yeah. uh, Martha had a good excuse because she was kind of out of it because she's taken over by this alien who, like, takes over her body. But uh, it, they just kind of cracked, cracked me. I was like, y'all need to comment with this uh, <laughs> secret identity thing. But I, I liked it at the, the beginning just to see more of this version of Kara, how she is at the farm. Because sometimes we hear reference of her being at the farm or being at the Kent's or whatever. But this, actually, we get to see her wake up and she's, you know, there with Streaky the the super cat. <laughs> and, um, and she's excited about going on spring break. And she goes downstairs and it interacts with the Kent's in the kitchen. And, and just, it just feels very normal that she's, uh, and I think she even talks about that, about how she doesn't like normal at the beginning. Yeah. And it, it was just fun to see her in this kind of almost Norman Rockwell kind of everyday citizen kind of scenario where somebody gets up, gets dressed, goes down and eats their breakfast. And even though she has all these superpowers and everything, and she's getting through her chores very quickly because she, she has the superpowers and she's kind of upsetting the chickens and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I thought that was really neat to see her in that environment. Cause a lot of times on Superman, the animated series, we see Supergirl, you know, kicking a villain's butt or uh, using her powers to do something. And here we just see her as this, normal chick at home. So I thought yeah. that was neat. No, I, I, I love that moment where she, you know, gets the eggs from the chickens really fast and, you know, she gets reprimanded because she might upset the chickens and thank goodness we didn't have you milk the cows and then she has milk there already and she's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm just imagining how fast she's milking those cows and what those cows think. Yeah, the cows probably don't like that very much. <laughs> Talk about chafed udders. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but I do love – I love that humor and I love that uh, it's a nice contrast to her superheroic life. Um, and I think she learns to appreciate it in this episode. I think she learns to appreciate Martha and Jonathan and she learns to appreciate that simple farm life. Also, I kind of like that that Martha reprimands her for scaring the chickens because it's like just because you have superpowers doesn't mean those superpowers are appropriate to do everything. Right. You know, just because you have powers doesn't mean you have to use them all the time. Like, right. if you're collecting eggs from chickens, slow down. Um, but, yeah, so she gets bored and she's, like, excited to go back to Metropolis. In a way that I'm almost kind of like, I, you know, and, and I like this because it makes her character more complicated. But I kind of thought of her as, like, a snotty teenager. Like, she, she's, like, so excited to leave that she's not really taking into account that she sounds really unappreciative and kind of rude. Like, she's like, all right, enjoy your boring life. I'm going to Metropolis <laughs> for spring break. I guess that is kind of very teenager-y to do, though. 
Um, yeah. Just because, like, I guess sometimes when you are so accustomed to being at home and being with your caretakers, your parents, whoever, you, you kind of want to go out and, and do that. I mean, I remember when I was a kid and, like, even when I was a teenager, I, and I know people are going to make fun of me for this, but I would go to band camps in the summer. I know there's a, a certain stigma with band camps, but um, for <laughs> for for me, you know, I, I played, uh, I guess when I was going to those band camps, I was playing bassoon at the time. And that was just a fun, like, week-long thing where you could go somewhere else without your parents and you'd be with your friends and hanging out. And so it was kind of that fun, independent you know, I have I have my independence. I can be away from my family for a little while. And I guess that was sort of how I saw Kara in this episode is that she wanted to kind of go out on her own and do her own thing. And she didn't need Ma and Pa to help her do that. And so, yeah, I guess she was a little <laughs> impatient and unappreciative. Uh, just even when she's at the bus stop, she's like, you know, Patting her, is coming. patting her feet on the ground like come on let's go I could, I could get there faster if I just ran so I think there is something about how like that's very age appropriate I guess oh totally and like yeah I, uh, I totally relate to her um, I mean, I never grew up on a farm, but I grew up in the suburbs, which is probably worse. Because like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I can dig rural and I can dig city. Like they're like, it's one extreme or the other. The suburbs is kind of this weird in between where it's like just another kind of boring. Yeah. Um, but like, so I grew up on Long Island, and it's boring as all get out. So going to Manhattan for me was everything you know like when you got to go into Manhattan that was like the coolest thing ever because you're going to the city yeah um and yeah it's it's I totally relate um but I thought it was interesting that when she is finally getting on the bus and she sees the villain coming out um Reverend Howell um who will you know be talking about uh she's immediately alarmed and she for a second she thinks about stopping and, and helping like she she's not totally so consumed with her trip that she's ignoring it like she still notices something's off about this guy and he's talking to my to to ma and pa kent like should i intervene and she's like well they they've got it they're adults yeah i liked that she immediately sensed something was not right with him but i i do think she beats herself up later when she realizes ah i should have said something i should have done mm-hmm. something about this it's true. And uh, yeah, maybe she she realizes that she was a little too excited about leaving and did, mm-hmm. and and really when she, when her judgment might have otherwise been really good, in this case she kind of let it slip a little bit cuz she just really wanted to get out of there. Yeah, and in her her defense, like how was she to know? That, oh yeah, that, that I mean that would become an issue. Yeah, I mean you're not expecting this creepy guy getting off the bus to be like the leader of a squid cult. So <laughs> yeah. You know, or whatever that thing was. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about uh, Reverend Howell. What did you think of him? Well, as a Christian, I don't much care for the way, like, a preacher who has, like, this tent revival kind of thing is portrayed as a place where people are brainwashed. That mm. that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But, yeah. But I guess in some ways it was actually a pretty good villainous move to have this alien creature thing take advantage of people in a place where they felt maybe like they were safe and they could they could go and 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 be somewhere where somebody was going to take care of them. Um, so I guess in some ways that was very smart of this this alien unity thing to uh, to 
prey on those people in, in to get whatever he or it wanted out of, which is never really kind of explained in the episode. There's no real motivation for what this reverend alien thing does and we don't know why he's on earth or where this unity idea comes from so there some of his motivation is kind of muddled i don't really understand like what his purpose was other than to like i guess take over the earth but yeah some of some of it rubbed me the wrong way but i guess in some ways it, it was a good villain uh quality to have yeah, and uh, yeah, I think it's exactly right. Like, like, because uh, 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 what it seemed to me, I mean, really, the unity being that alien seemed to be like kind of like the Borg. Like, because he says, you know, we've done this on other planets. We're going to do this here. We're going to do this everywhere. And it's kind of like just absorbing different planets and different cultures. That's what it felt like to me. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense what you say that like probably on other planets he did it differently like whatever their religion was or whatever their comfort was they probably kind of slipped into there and and did it that way so in this case you know you're somewhere like smallville where a big tent revival would make sense and it's like okay that's what it looks like that's what i need to do to make people come into the tent so that i can get my tentacles into them yeah very strategic move on his part which is super super creepy yeah um now, because, yeah, this, this, I mean, it was just gross. Like, this is probably one of the grossest villains just because of the way that, that, you know, even, even when they're not attached to this, like, tentacled creature, they attach themselves to other people through tentacles coming up their throats. Yeah, that's which is gross. Ick. Um, <laughs> but now, uh, let's talk a little about, like, how Superman and Supergirl end up stopping the creature because and I've mentioned this before but uh talking a little about the inconsistencies with powers because finally you know Superman and Supergirl come back to to Smallville to de- to deal with this and so there's these tentacle you know this tentacle being and and they're kind of dealing with tentacles and they realize that you know their x-ray vision it has an effect on the tentacles and they you know use that to cut them off wherever they see them um, but then there are a couple of times when Supergirl, uh, when she's trying to fight off this creature, she kind of gets, like, thrown around and, like, uh, is on the floor a lot. And I'm like, did yeah. you forget that you can fly? Like, <laughs> why are you on the ground in the first place? Why aren't you, like, aiming your your vision from, like, up top? Like, it just seemed very strategically wrong. Yeah, she gets pretty wrapped up at the hospital when she goes in to check on Ma Kent and she gets attacked pretty viciously and I, yeah i was kind of waiting for her to like kind of like bust out just using her super strength but um i did i did like that, that at one point superman and supergirl kind of use their vision powers at the same time that mm-hmm. was that was pretty awesome I, I did like that but yeah it's it was it was neat to see how they were able to figure out how to stop them and i think even superman uses his x-ray vision through a microscope did did I interpret that correctly? Yeah. I don't, you know, I <laughs> That's one of the things that confused me the most about this episode is why with his super see like super vision does he need a microscope to help him see better? Yeah. Like can't, can't he just look at the slide and be like, "Oh, look, it's a thing." Yeah, I um, I was very confused about that, but at the same time I was like, "Well, okay, I guess that's a thing that Superman does." I don't know. And, and, and it'll help him see that much better. Like, 
<laughs> like that whatever magnification it has, like I guess Kryptonians might wear glasses. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but um but yeah, no, I did like that moment where they're kind of uh fighting this thing as a family. Um yeah. which seemed really cool and I think that tied together the whole like a lot of the themes of the episode really nicely because I think that that was really important to Kara, uh, to Kara in this episode or Kara. Yeah, you can uh, you can say cartoon. Kara in this instance since that's how yes. they say it in the episode. It's true. Um but yeah, like that you know, family and being on the farm and being normal is not as bad as she thinks and and it's something worth fighting for and I think when she sees Mon Pa Kent in real danger, she you know realizes that and you know, and she's concerned. And I, I honestly, there, there was that moment where she's talking to Ma Kent when she's, you know, unconscious in the hospital. And, you know, obviously she's she's there as Supergirl, so she can't let her, her secret identity be known. But she whispers, you know, she's like, you know, Mrs. Kent, are you okay? Mrs. Kent. And then she whispers, Ma? Like, yeah. you know, that was really, really touching how she does that because she, you know, she can't hide the fact that she cares about this woman. Yeah, and that's what I liked about the way Superman and Supergirl interacted in the episode is that they both had a vested interest in helping not only just the people of Smallville, but their guardian. They they both have this kind of adopted mother uh, who are adoptive mother who they both care about and they they both had a reason to fight this monster and and get rid of whatever was attacking the people of Smallville. So I, I really like that a lot. It's interesting, just going back to the um, to Reverend Howell and the, the Unity villain and all of that, because um, it's interesting what you bring up about, you know, the, the kind of negative portrayal of religion in pop culture. Like, that seems to be a general kind of thing. But I did notice that particularly for Supergirl, and we've talked about uh, this trait in Supergirl before. I think it was in Friends and Fugitives, the uh, Sterling Gates uh, trade that we read a couple of episodes ago, where she also has a moment where she's dealing with faith and dealing with um, Kryptonian religion and how her friend, um, what's her name again? Thara. Uh, Th- Th- I pronounced it Thara, but it, Thara. Might, it might be Thara. If, Thera, if, you, if you pronounce it Kara, I guess it's Thera. If you pronounce it Kara, I guess it's Thara. So however you <laughs> tomato, want to pronounce it. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, however you want to pronounce it. But how, how Thera, a.k.a. Flamebird, um, you know, she totally believes in Rao, totally, you know, has a, a more kind of religious view of things. And Kara is more, you know, logic-minded. She's more scientific and she ends up choosing her mother's science guild to understand her. Like right. that seems to be a a part of her character that keeps popping up. And I just thought it was interesting that that she was kind of dealing with. In this case, it happened to be a weird alien cult, but you know that that she was put in that situation to kind of bounce off that again. It seems to be something that pops up a lot for her. Well, what I liked about the way that Kara interacted with. Reverend Howell is that when she hears about what he's telling the people of Smallville, she kind of turns around, I think, to Pocket, I think, in the scene, where she's like, Does Pastor Ross know about this? Like, yeah. For, for me, I really liked that that sort of seemed to insinuate that Kara might go to church with the Kents or that she 
at least knows about how much maybe they uh, care about their faith. And so Mm -hmm. she knew who Pastor Ross was and that this would be something that would be contrary to what she knows about their religion or their faith. So I, I kind of liked that. But yeah, I think you're right that she, Supergirl, tends to look at things more from a science-based view. Yeah. Well, and and, and that's actually a great point because um, I'd forgotten about that line. But yeah, it's true. Like she, regardless of what she believes or doesn't believe, she knows what they believe. And I believe, you know, she, I mean, she trusts them you know, she knows that anything that Ma and Pa can't believe is likely okay because, you know, they're such good people. Right. So it's like, of course, you know, if, if they're going to church and they, they talk to Pastor Ross, like that's – in her mind, that's cool, whereas like this is clearly not cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, there's, there's, she understands the difference between like an actual – you know, religion that that gives people strength and courage and and you know comfort, and an alien squid octopus thing that's coming to like absorb humanity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and it did help that she went in there and saw what was happening and could see, oh, this is not good. There's like pod people in here <laughs> that they're being controlled by some other force. So I think it did help her convince her that she was actually seeing what was going on. I have to say, though, that was like I thought that was another kind of like, huh, moment in the episode for me was like, you know, so this reverend invites her in. He's like, now it's your turn to be a part of unity. But like, does he genuinely think that and and I wonder if this worked on all those other people, but like, you know, that she's going to come into a tent and see everybody attached to this like alien octopus and be like, sure, sign me up. Like there was no level of like trying to ease her into it there was no convincing that like you'd imagine somebody would be more like artful about it like, yeah that you know they'd be like oh hey we've got this great way of thinking it's so awesome we're all together and blah 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 like and then once you got her on the hook then be like oh now hook yourself up to this octopus but like he just started straight out with the octopus and I was like I would have run away if I, like I, I wonder what those you know, are those people in Smallville that bored that they're like, sure, octopus, why not? Let's give it a try. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought about that, too. And I think what their problem was that they probably just could, couldn't get away. Because I think what he was trying to do with Kara is that he told her all of this stuff. And then he just tried to attack her with whatever that tentacle thing was. And he missed or or he couldn't attach to her like he'd been able to successfully do with the other people at Smallville. So uh, I, I, think they, I think they probably just were blindsided by it and couldn't do anything about That's, it. So I, I, I would think that it, it, was, it was not something that they really had a lot of control over. That makes a lot of sense. It's true because she, you know, it's uh, – he probably wasn't – because she looks human. She, he probably wasn't right. thinking, oh, by the way, here's this super-powered alien. That's a good point. Uh, something that I think we should talk about too is the time that she's in Metropolis before they go back to save Smallville. Um, she goes to Metropolis for spring break and it's her vacation. And so we've got Clark kind of showing her the sights and introducing her to famous people. Yeah, it's it's fun to see what she would do like on a weekend just hanging out in Metropolis. And I, I think it's a good contrast to like when she comes back to Smallville – 
everything is like chaos. Like she's had this really good time in Metropolis. Like she's hanging out with Clark and he's showing around to, you know, the local celebrities and she's hanging out with Lois and all these like press events. And what's cool is that she makes a mention of her friendship with Barbara Gordon, where um, Supergirl is made an, a quote, honorary Batgirl. Oh yeah. And, at and the she, baseball game. <laughs> yeah. And she, and she thinks Barbara would want to know about that. And she even like a Supergirl fights Volcana which I am not all that familiar with, but that's good to know that there's another female villain out there. And mm-hmm. so she has a little skirmish there. And so it's kind of funny that like she goes to Metropolis to kind of get away from everything and have a good time, a good weekend. And then she gets kind of swept up in all these things in Metropolis. And then she comes back to Smallville and the entire town is <laughs> taken over by this alien creature. So she ends up coming home to the craziness which often happens in metropolis so it's kind of flipped in my mind of what what kara or supergirl would expect yeah no definitely and i think it's funny because uh talk about getting away but i think part of her getting away from the farm is doing all that crazy stuff like you know like she she wants to be in the thick of things and and fighting villains and all of that like that is her vacation (laughs) and so like when she gets to go back to Smallville and and do that, however, it's like Smallville is where the people she, you know, her family lives, you know? And it's like, it's one thing to kind of fight crime generically, but it's another thing when, when they're, like, affecting people you love. Yeah. And, you know, it's and, – and when it's not your super-powered cousin, you know? Like, it's it's somebody who can't defend themselves and you have to go back and deal with that. But I do love on the uh, the bus ride to Metropolis how she's dealing with the people on the bus, yeah. and uh, that's one of my favorite moments in the uh, in there when she's on the bus and those people are arguing over what the field is covered in, and it's yeah. either rhubarb or rutabagas, rutabagas, yeah, or something, and it's. Like, and they're just arguing back and forth, and she has this look on her face like, I don't care what it is. Um, and then they ask her her opinion, and she's like, I got to get off this bus. Like, I'm I'm leaving. I'm running the rest of the way. Um, yeah, she tries to be a, a normal on on the bus. And I, t- I can totally identify with, you know, kind of being on mass transit and tr- <laughs> trying, trying to kind of blend in, not – listen to other people's conversations but sometimes you hear things and sometimes people annoy you it, it just yeah. it happens and um, sometimes they rope you into their conversation yes. like why are you asking me i don't care <laughs> right i don't know you who are you why are you right. asking me this yeah so yes. it was kind of funny to see her in an actual kind of real life scenario that you could actually experience <laughs> And what was great was that, like, at the end of the episode, you know, Ma and Pa Kent have the same discussion about yeah. whether it's Ruth Baker or whatever. She's like, what is that? And she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this conversation keeps happening. But, you know, she she by the end, she learns to kind of accept that, that kind of normal yeah. um, sometimes. What did you think about Kara in the comic books? Because her, her friend gives her, I'm, I'm assuming it's a Spider-Man comic. Because oh, yeah. she looks at it and <laughs> she's like... Spider powers, ew. Which is, that's how I feel about Spider Man. <laughs> See, I love Spider Man, but I love that it was kind of like a little dig at Marvel. Like, it's <laughs> just like, let's just take this little opportunity to be like, Marvel, stupid. Okay, moving on. Because um, yeah, I thought that was really cute. That like she she reads you know Spider Man and she's like, 
yeah, no, this is stupid. Meanwhile, she has superpowers, and it's like, but because she's an alien, that's okay. Like, alien superpowers from the sun, that's okay. Yeah. But, like, spider is where she draws the line. I'm like, <laughs> I'm glad you have a line. Um, well, I can, I can totally relate to that, because I'm not crazy about, like, the thing I have a problem with is... is with Spider-Man is is the spider powers and the webs and all that kind of stuff. So I I could totally understand where she was coming from. But yeah, it's it's funny how she as a superpowered person would be critiquing someone else's superpowers. Superpowers. Like that's not how it happens. Let yeah. me tell you how it really happened. And it sounded like she didn't read comic books before that or were sort of she might have been downplaying them a little bit, but at yeah. the end of the episode, she's like going to go hang out with that friend and go to the comic book shop. So I thought that was cool that maybe on her trip, maybe even though she had some preconceived notions about the spider powers, maybe she read some of the books and was like, actually, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, no, that's, um, you know, yeah, she's, she's giving somebody else, you know, a, a chance and, and, you know, kind of broadening her, her experience and her view. And, uh, and yeah, if she doesn't like spider powers, that's fine. There are other comic books. Like <laughs> yeah, that's what's true. great about them. True. Um, I, I really liked this episode. Uh, it was, it was surprisingly, you know, complex and, and substantial for, for a half hour cartoon, you know, like yeah. they got into a lot of really great character stuff. Um, a lot of great, like kind of philosophical, things um having to do with home and faith and you know family and all of that yeah there's some things that i wish they could have gone more into like i it did kind of bother me that i have no idea where this alien creature came from i don't know what happens to it at the end i guess it dies and that's it yeah uh, they're, they're not really clear about exactly how it's defeated. Like it's it's kind of like oh, and then it just we we zap it a bunch and it's it's gone. I guess. Ish. I guess this one because if they've been going if you know if it's been going all over the you know galaxy universe whatever they've been going from planet to planet is it just this one? Are there more of them? Like is somebody going to come for it? Like if it doesn't go back home? Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for for a one off episode where you just need some kind of a a, a weirdo villain to defeat and have Kara come back to Smallville, I guess it works. For, for a show like this, like, that's kind of the, the type of villain they always have. You know, unless they're, like, a long-running villain, like a, like a Lex Luthor or something, and then they can get more complicated with it. But, like, you know, aliens is aliens, whatever. Some right. aliens showed up. We killed it. The end. Like, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think that's going to do it for our uh, discussion of uh, the episode Unity. Uh, from Superman the Animated Series. Uh, definitely check it out um, and let us know what you think, uh, lovely listeners of that episode. Now, how can uh, people contact us? Well, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And we're also available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And we are part of the DC TV podcast circle. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, and the upcoming Legends of Tomorrow, subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV podcast on Twitter and like DC TV podcast on Facebook. 
And you can find me, as always, at the Mary Sue. That's themarysue.com. My blog is the Teresa Giacino Experience. So you can find me on WordPress, teresagiacino.wordpress.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Teresa Giacino. And Facebook at facebook.com slash Teresa Giacino Experience. And you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. Until next time, I'm still Teresa Giacino. And I'm still Rebecca Johnson. Remember that you shouldn't use your super speed because it upsets the chickens. And we'll remember not to ask you to milk the cow. We'll be right back.